0: This is Colonel Conrad Reynolds with the Colonel of Truth. Welcome to our show. We have a special guest today, Harrison Floyd. Now, you may not know that name, but Harrison Floyd uh, was uh, in charge of the Black Voices for Trump, and he's one of the uh, people that they've indicted in Georgia. Um, uh, And we want want to talk to him. I want to get to know him a little bit better, and we think that uh, this is going to be a great show. So welcome to the show, uh, Harrison.
1: Thank you so much, sir. Uh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure and a privilege to be here.
0: Well, absolutely. Well, I'd like to talk a little bit, let my audience get to know you just a little bit and about who you are, where you came from, and, um, and a little bit about you as an individual. So can you give us kind of a, a rundown about who
1: Harrison Ford really is? I'm just a very highly blessed and favored guy. Um, the Lord has always been with me and my family, uh, grew up in a military family, traveling the world. Um, joined the Marine Corps straight out of high school. My father was born in Alabama, Montgomery, but raised in Atlanta and my mother's from Massachusetts. So during the summer, we would always travel to New Jersey and Atlanta. Uh, My grandfather lived right around the corner from the Greenbrier mall. And so, uh, George is my home and my and my heart because I'm a military brat, you know, like a nomad. Um, joined the Marine Corps. I was in the infantry as a machine gunner. I was also one of the Marine Corps' first enlisted information operations planner and a martial arts instructor trainer. Left the Marine Corps to pursue governance, policy, and politics uh, after a short uh, Stint as a career as a professional mixed martial artist, and I was very blessed and fortunate to work on the uh, Trump campaign as the executive director of Black Voices for Trump. Led the black outreach and was a part of the coalition's team that um, raised the minority vote more black, more minority votes uh, for any Republican president since uh, Richard Nixon in 1960
0: i think that was outstanding i mean unbelievable um uh that how well president trump did with the african-american community and probably as a result of your efforts and things that you did and uh and so it's amazing so right now you are in you said maryland but you're going to be moving back to georgia is that right
1: yes sir in about two weeks i'll be moving back down to change my residency
0: Okay, and um, and I think I saw a news clip where you said you were doing some exploratory uh, committee. Can you
1: tell us about that? So uh, it's always been a revolving thing in the back of my head about going back to Georgia and running for Congress again. Um, Before joining the president's uh, reelection campaign, I briefly ran for Georgia 7 and uh, jumped off that to go work on the president's campaign. while I was spent a lot of time sitting in that cell, I had a lot of time to reflect and think about um, what I've been doing over the last two years and how I can be a better use and good service to our country. And um, I'm seriously exploring, um, you know, coming back to Georgia and, and, and running for Congress. Wow! And it's, it's just a matter of uh, you know looking at where it being the right fit and. My being value added and not distracting or uh, hurting anything that might be going on now to bring about positive, tangible change in the state. So we're we're exactly
0: just kind of uh, an idea. Where's the uh, Georgia, the 7th District? Where's that at? Where does
1: it encompass? Uh, Georgia 7 is just north, north, uh, uh, east of Atlanta, so it's like Gwinnett. Um, Lawrenceville, Duluth, Sugar Hill, that area. Well, it was every district. Um, I think Cummings was in there a little bit, but now it's out. I think Rich has that district uh, east
0: of Delonica area, right? East of that, right? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, great, uh, great. Well, uh, good luck to you on that, man. Running for Congress is not is not an easy task. It's a it's a lot. It's a lot. How many counties are
1: in that district? Do you know? So, so you know, um, uh, you mentioned it's it's not an easy task. Um, I was very fortunate to work in very uh, briefly as a fellow in uh, Congressman Doug, Doug Collins' office, oh. and. Uh, when I, when he was a ranking member of judiciary, and when I first had the inkling of going down there and doing it, um, he sat me down, him and Miss Lisa, and we had a, a strong conversation about it. So um, I, I know it's a tough task and it's a tough, tough challenge. Um, I've always loved tough tasks and challenges. That's why I joined the Marine Corps and, you know, kind of went the, the path um, that, that I have. But uh, I'm going to be able to do something that nobody else uh, will be able to do in the state. And that's not only bringing a national platform, but that's also bring national experience, not only to uh, running this congressional race, but also uh, being able to serve as a member, having that um insight experience expertise being exposed to it so I'll really be able to uh, do something a lot of other people can't which is hit the ground running hard and fast
0: well that, that that's great and I, I listen I've got a lot of uh, some questions but what you whatever you can't talk about I understand you're in the middle of this court case so uh, and you've been given guidance on what you can and can't say so certainly don't want to um, get you in any kind of trouble um, but I'd like for you, if you could. Unless oh, it's good trouble, trouble, right? Yeah, yeah, try it, try it. But uh, give us a little bit what you can about the case, because a lot of people here in Arkansas and, and across the country really don't understand what is going on right now. Uh, they just know a bunch of people were indicted. They really don't understand RICO. They don't understand. Can you give us kind of a, 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 your, from your viewpoint, what's going on there with this uh, district attorney, uh, prosecuting attorney?
1: It's, it's pretty simple, Fulton County um, engaged in actions that they should not have, um, they're trying to cover it up, they're digging uh, their self into a deeper hole and it's going to be exposed and a lot of people are going to be very unhappy when the truth comes out. Some people are going to be really happy because they're going to say, I told you so, uh, but a lot of other people are going to be unhappy. Um, so from, from that perspective, I'm just hoping that, um, once we get there to when the truth is, will be revealed, because I think it will make sense to a lot of folks that, um, you know, those who are right can remain humble and still be able to work together with folks that maybe we don't necessarily hundred percent agree on to bring about tangible change in the country. And those who are wrong will, uh, repent and say that they were wrong and be willing to work with people they don't like, uh, to bring about tangible change in the country.
0: Right. How, how many of the, um, I know uh, as, as far as, of course, this RICO thing, you bring everybody into one, uh, kind of under one umbrella in order to prosecute. That's why the RICO is so effective against mobsters, if you will. But um, uh, apparently, Miss Willis has used this on several occasions. I think one of her cases were for some educators From the, you know, that were conspiring to, you know, uh, help students get better scores or something like that about a few years ago. So she's used this in different venues and she's using it apparently now, hoping to tie all of everybody that has anything to do with Trump together. So my question is I mean, how many of these other people do you even know? Do you know the other defendants that even know
1: them or met them or, or not? So, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned that because, uh, The reason why the the district attorney Willis is really, truly using uh, the RICO statute is because she's not very bright. She's not a good jurist, and she's not a good district attorney. So the reason why she's using the RICO is because the RICO statute in Georgia is very, very vague and very, very broad, which it allows her to create and weave a narrative that she can tell that is not factually true, um, that you can just use very slight nuances is to try to create things or make them look like they're facts so you know that's the real reason if, if we're gonna be, be you know keep it 100 as we say in the community like that's why she's really using rico because she can't do this any other way she she can't because she she sucks so um <laughs> so, that's that's what it's really about but uh to answer your question you know i'll i'll Uh, when I looked at that list, you know, obviously we know a lot of those names, right? Rudy Giuliani, Mark Meadows, uh, Jenna Ellis, a couple others. Um, um, Yes, I have met uh, some of them um, and some of them I have not. Um, Yes, I I I I, pro- I think there's only like maybe less than a handful of them of uh, the 18 that like actually have their phone numbers like in my phone or like I ever actually spoke to them on the phone. And then looking at the indictment, there's alleged conversations that took place on the phone were like I don't even have their number. Like I don't that that did not happen. And if it did, you know, I was probably just patched in through somebody else because I was the executive director, you know, of the I led the black coalition uh for the president re-election campaign. So a lot of people had my number. A lot of people would try to pull me or patch me into things. But I just didn't know them. I just knew there, were, there was background folks on a call a lot of times.
2: Hey, hey, man, this is Will Huff. Um, nice to see you. And thanks for being on the show. And are you familiar with the um, YSL RICO charge they got going on there with, is it Gunna? Free Jeffrey
1: Williams. Young Thug.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They got Young yeah. Thug and they got Gunna. And they they were connecting them through being in the same music video together. Is this kind of like what you're seeing down there? Like she just tries to say, hey, you're connected in some crazy way through the spider verse, and we're gonna throw you in this Rico charge too.
1: Exactly. Well, that speaks exactly to what I was saying, and why she's using Rico. She's just trying to draw and create any connection that she can to create this narrative that, unfortunately, some people who uh, uh, cannot comprehend, I think, what uh, really transpires or takes place at a presidential type level. Um, So she's she's gonna pick. I think she's going to try to pick jurists or jury members that aren't the brightest, that will just believe what they hear. But unfortunately for her, uh, her whole narrative on the the Democrat narrative has just been getting torn down and it's just not going to work. People are tired of being lied to and people can see through the smoke and uh, they're just not doing a good job of lying to the people anymore.
0: Well, I, uh, I've got a, a bunch of questions, but before we go to, we got a couple of minutes before we go to break, and I want to ask you, now, there was a decision made yesterday, apparently not to separate, I think it's Mr. Um, uh, Cheesebro and Sidney um, Powell's uh, cases. They want everybody to go together on October 23rd. Is that is that true for everybody? D- are y'all expecting to go to trial on that date,
1: or is it going to be delayed? Do you know? So even Judge McAfee uh, said that he doesn't think the district attorney's timeline is realistic. She doesn't. He doesn't think that what she uh, believes is possible is capable uh, from a legal procedural standpoint. There's so many motions and uh, you know, different things that can and will take place. It's not a realistic time frame. I personally don't care one way or the other. I'm happy to go and get on the stand and tell the truth and um, expose what really happened. I, I, I don't care. It can happen tomorrow for me, for all I care. I'm, I'm, I'm just ready to go and get this out of the way so I can go you know, um, to Congress and you know work to bring about some real change. Well, they
0: need change in Congress. That is for sure. They need good congressmen up there. And, uh, and your former boss, I think, was a good one. I, I, he was, I mean, he was great. Um, uh, so uh, what else, Will? Do you have anything else you want to do before yeah, we go well, to break?
2: Before we go to break and talk about Congress, I guess you're getting a lot of name recognition right now. So that can't be a bad thing if you're thinking
1: about running uh for for running no it's not a bad thing i'm actually uh people who know me well i'm i'm a closet introvert uh so i don't like my phone going off a lot and i hate all it painting all the time but um god is if this is what god is calling me to do then i'm going to do it whether you know i I like it or not because this is what god wants so um i think i can bring about some real change i can have uh tough question or i'm sorry tough uh, conversations and uh, bring up tough questions that need to be answered from a tactful and respectful manner and in a way that can uh, be substantive Um, there's no one else really out there like that who can do or is in the position that i'm in so i'm just going to use what god has given me right now and try and walk a righteous path so these blessings keep uh, flowing through me and i can be an instrument to pass them along to other people
0: well, great, great. Well, listen, we're going to take a break and uh, and then we'll come back and we'll continue the conversation. I've got a few more questions, I think, uh, that our audience will want to know. So uh, this is Colonel Conrad Reynolds with the Colonel of Truth. And we'll be right back with my special guest, Harrison Floyd. I'm Colonel Conrad Reynolds, and welcome back to the Colonel of Truth. I'm here with my special guest, Harrison Floyd. Uh, he's one of the uh, 18 that have been indicted in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and we've been talking about what happened there, but uh, Harrison, again, thank you for joining our show. And, and I'd like to ask you, because uh, I did read that there was some issues in Maryland earlier this year with a couple of FBI agents that came to uh, serve or whatever. and and um, uh, I, I don't. I'm kind of fuzzy on that. Could you kind of tell my audience what actually happened in that encounter?
1: Yeah, and it's you know it's funny. One would think that if uh, I or somebody body slammed an official senior aide from the Trump campaign, body slammed an FBI agent, that would have been all over the front news, right? Um, when it happened, um, but in May, two two agents came to my house. Um, I did not see a badge. Um, they did not conduct themselves in a professional manner. Um, I had my two year old daughter who was in my hands who we had just come from her swim class. Um, I don't want to get too much into the, the facts of that as well. Cause that's still open and pending, but, um, the truth it it, um, the situation fits neatly into what transpired in Fulton County and why the district attorney charged me there. So um I did not put my hands on a federal agent, although I was very upset at the time and um used language that I probably wish I hadn't. Um but, uh, you know, I'm a father, uh, I'm a former Marine. I was with my daughter. I was put in a position where I felt unsafe, not only for my daughter, um, but also for myself, um, and the truth from that is going to come out as well. Um, but no, I did not. Um, although I wish some people probably wish I had. No, I did not body slam or put my hands on a federal agent. If I had, I'm a black man. I probably wouldn't be sitting here right now.
0: Right. Well, I mean, uh, you just showed us one of your belts there. I think that uh, people could get an idea that you could body slam somebody if you really wanted to. I mean, uh, based on your
1: your experience and history there. Yes, sir. Well, also, you know, being being a fellow veteran, sir, you know that um, we we conduct ourselves by certain morals, values, and ethics, right? Right. And, um, so, not only being a military man, but also being a martial artist, where you know we have morals, values, and ethics. There's a certain way that we carry ourselves with these skills that we know and obtain. And so, there's no reason for me to get upset and put my hands on somebody because I know the damage that I can cause and it won't be good uh, for me or for them. So um, unless I actually have to defend myself, um, you yeah, know, that's when I will. And um, if I do have to defend myself, it will be definitive and it will be quick, fast and in a hurry. We um, need to body slam or puff my chest up or poke somebody in the face to taunt them. Like, I I don't, I don't need to do that, man. Like, you know, I worked for the president of the United States. I got um, better things to do with my time.
0: Right. Well, I understand that. Well, they, they were trying to uh, deliver a a subpoena. Is that right? Is that what they were doing?
1: That was not what they were doing. Oh, okay. That's what they alleged they were trying to do, but that's not what the actions that were taken um that's not the way you conduct yourself if you know if you if someone wants to give me a subpoena you just gotta show me a badge anybody show me a badge show me who you are hey i got this thing for you you need to go talk to these people okay all right i don't want any problems with the law you know i got I got other things i want to do um that's 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 not what transpired that's not what um took place and that truth will come out as well and um We'll see what uh, God has in store for those uh, federal agents.
0: Yeah. Uh, A couple other minor questions, but I'm just kind of interested. Was it uh, two males or male and a female, two females, uh, agents, or what was it? Why would they be scared? I mean, I don't understand why they – do you remember? Were they two guys or two girls or what?
1: I remember exactly. I will never forget who they were. I will never forget what they looked like. I will never forget what they did. Yeah. Because it was, it was the, mo- the most un-American thing that I have ever witnessed firsthand, aside from going to jail. It is the thing that I went and joined the Marine Corps to go fight against. It is the thing that my friends died fighting against. And they came to my house and did that to me. And my daughter, two-year-old girl, they
0: would. Well, uh, so so the result of that will probably. I, I got you, brother. Uh, so uh, the result of that will be determined when? When is it? Are you supposed to? Uh, that happened that? in May, and my attorney is still sitting around waiting to hear from it.
1: The so at first, I'll, I'll give you guys some more insight to this. So at first. The FBI agents sent this to the state level and they had me arrested by the county sheriff. So it was at the state level. The state of Maryland, after seeing it said, we're not prosecuting this. The same day I went to court for this to be not prosecuted and now it's expunged, by the way, off my record. The same day I went to court for that, the Assistant U.S. Attorney for the state of Maryland Calls my lawyer and says, "We understand the state of Maryland is not going to prosecute this. We're going to prosecute this at the federal level as a misdemeanor."
0: Wow! So I think
1: that should probably tell your audience what what they need to know about uh, what really transpired there. Yeah.
0: So this is this is uh, appears to be the example of lawfare going against uh, anybody associated with Trump. Would you agree with that? Or you think that's probably something there?
1: Colonel, what is happening right now is what has, this is nothing new. The black community has been talking about this two-tier justice system and the way that it's been weaponized against the black community since, you know, slavery, went from slavery into the reconstruction into Jim Crow, you know, um, the only difference now is that this is now happening to white people. Uh, there is no th- This system is no longer discriminating based on race. It has now decided to discriminate against uh, political affiliation. And so now it's happening to everybody, right? And so uh, that's a, a hugely disappointing thing, not only for our country, but also to see all the Republican candidates that are running right now. Nobody's talking about this. Right, and it just goes to show a continued deaf ear to not only the the plight of the black community, but what will become the plight of all Americans, regardless of your race or sexual ori- orientation or ethnicity.
0: I, I think that I've seen this, that, that you're exactly right. No one's talking about this uh, in Republican circles. Where are where are the senators? Where are the legislators? Where are these people coming out and defending? um all of y'all and what's going on and and somehow saying that you know we got to do something about this i've heard very little from anybody i think Marjorie taylor green was one uh but i haven't seen two maybe matt gates but i haven't seen anybody
1: else have you no no, no one's talking about it, and you know what? President Trump doesn't have to speak about it because he is a victim of it and being persecuted by it, just like black men. That's why so many black men are being are gravitating towards supporting President Trump because real, recognized reals, we say in the community, and they they know the game, they see what's up, and they say, no, no, this has been happening, we got it. And we, we, we got your back, you know, regardless of uh, what, what the media is, is going to say, we're going to stand up for you because we, we we know how to stand up against uh, injustice.
0: Absolutely. Well, listen, we're going to take a quick break and, uh, and we'll be right back. This is Colonel Conrad Reynolds with the Colonel of Truth. And we'll be back with our special guest, Harrison Floyd. Welcome back to the Colonel of Truth. and I'm Colonel Conrad Reynolds. I'm here with my special guest, Floyd, uh, Harrison Floyd, uh, who is one of the 18 indicted in, in Atlanta. Thank you for uh, continuing with us. we got one more segment here. And we just want to talk about uh, what exactly happened uh, there in Georgia. Tell us about some of the things that this, uh, this prosecutor is doing, particularly to you, but to the other defendants um, and how unfair uh, cause I've seen some things they put, they held you in jail. I mean, it was unbelievable over the weekend, uh, because the judge apparently had taken vacation, was gone. Um, I saw Greta van Susteren, man. She was so angry at the, uh, lack of, uh, justice in, in your particular case. Can you talk to us about that and tell us what you, what you saw and, and how
1: that impacts uh, the other defendants? Yeah. So, um, when I first found out I was indicted, um, I was actually at a Christian retreat, uh, with the Jack Brewer foundation in the Rocky mountain national park in Colorado. I had no signal. I really didn't know uh, what was going on. Um, with the other situation that we talked about here in Maryland, I already had an attorney helping me with that. So, um, and I was where people were reaching out to people. So I was just ex- sitting back. I was waiting to hear a phone call. Right. Like, what do I need to do? What needs to transpire? Nobody from the district attorney's office ever reached out to me. Um, or my attorney. The only thing that I knew was that I was supposed to show up at this jail before noon on Friday, right? Like uh, some wild western thing. So um uh surrender,
0: they use surrender everywhere. Surrender, surrender. Yeah, it's crazy. Correct. So uh
1: I thought that was just what I was supposed to do. So, okay, like I'm a Marine, I gotta go do this. I better do it sooner rather than later. So I went the day, down the day, day before when I first um, got there, they were trying to not even let me into the jail. And then um, I was like, no, I'm supposed to be here to surrender. Like I'm not gonna walk away and leave this so you guys can say I'm trying to run, you know? Um, so I get there, I get in, um, I do the mugshot and everything. And I saw Mark Meadows, he was behind me. Um, I noticed they were just treating him a little bit different. They're they're a little bit chattier, you know, and just, it, it seemed like a meet and greet type thing. And then next thing I knew I was in a blue jumpsuit. Um, they were, took all my clothes and possessions. I was like, okay, I don't know what's going on, but all right. Um, I thought I was just going to be released on my own recognizance, like uh, what happened in Maryland and um, what I had seen transpire with other folks who were going in. Um, then the next thing I knew, I was... In a cell and then um the next day i want to say early next day or late that night um i was pulled into like this it was like something from a movie like a dark room there were these people around the table these two big black guys behind me and um there was the da's office and they said they wanted they asked me if i wanted to bond and i said yeah i want to bond of course I, of course i want to bond who why why would i not Um, but I need an attorney to like, or somebody to look at it, to make sure, you know, I'm not getting screwed over here. And then they just said, all right, that's it. And then they shut everything down they sent me back to the cell. Uh, and the next thing I know I'm sitting in front of a judge and the judge is, um, uh, telling me that I'm a flight risk, uh, because of one open pending, you know, charge, which I don't have a criminal background, right. There's this o- only this one thing that's sitting there. And she said that I was denied bond because I was a flight risk. And I was also denied an attorney. Um, cause I told them like, yes, I'm happy to talk to you guys, but I need an attorney present. Right. Um, uh, but she said, I, I, I told her that I had spoken to several uh, lawyers like in that week about just these charges. And that it was between $40,000 to $100,000 just to retain a lawyer for this. And then they charge you hourly after that. And I said, look, I have a family. There's this other thing that's going on. I do not have, I'm, I work for President Trump, but I do not have President Trump kind of money. And um, uh, I can't afford one. Uh, so I need one to help me with this because it's what it says in the Miranda rights. And I also told the judge I hadn't been Mirandaized. I was like, no one read me my rights. No one did anything. They just threw me in a cell for six days. And the the most heart, the, the most upsetting part though, was seeing the judge smile and like laughing as she's telling me I can't have a lawyer, and denying me bond for one misdemeanor that's still open when I don't have a criminal background. Yeah. President Trump, you know, is being charged in multiple jurisdictions with multiple different felonies. Right. All, all, some of these other codependents as well. But they walked right in and walked right out. Like it was in it was I, I as she was talking. I just was like, OK, I see what this is. You're making an example out of me because I'm the black guy. OK. All right. Got
2: it. You know, I saw the breakfast club interview where they talked about you. I don't know if you saw Charlemagne, but he kind of made funny you saying you were calling black people racist for the way you've been treated. But really what you're saying is they're, they're coming after you because you, you know, stepped out of line from groupthink. Is, is that what you're seeing there?
1: Girl I means just being silly and saying what he's supposed to say so he can stay on the breakfast club and have that platform and get the money that he's getting. He knows exactly what I was saying. He's a black man. He knows what's up. I've sat in, in rooms with him and heard him speaking to Senator Tim Scott. He's just doing what he needs to do, to, um, tap dance and sing, "Mammy," I mean, as we say, so I'm not mad at him for, for doing what he was doing. The problem, you know, and it doesn't, it didn't make sense what he was saying. Right is you know that's a part of of god moving through uh this situation and using me as an instrument because the truth is the truth and what i'm saying is what i'm saying it's presenting itself as it's presenting itself so he's saying you know how can you call black people racist well wasn't calling them racist, I was calling the system racist and what they were doing, what they were allowing to transpire was racist. You know, District Attorney Willis is a strong black woman. Her father supposedly was a black Panther. You would think she would be doing right by black people, right? Mm-hmm. She, you would think that that jail would not be in the condition that it's in, especially with it being filled with predominantly black males. So, but District Attorney Willis is not the one who's in charge it's these racist white liberals in DC who are telling her what to do and she's following their orders. So you know, take you, that as you will.
2: You, you talked about your lawyers and the fees and stuff. How can people who are watching our show help you secure, make sure you have the right lawyers and the help you need? Um, how can they, how can they support you?
1: I have been so blessed, um, by the outreach of people who have been coming to support me. Um, I have great lawyers who, the, the, with what we have already, oh, you guys just the the stand by for an extended heat forecast for Georgia because it's going to be hot through this uh, through this. But um, I have great lawyers who uh, a lot of, they're doing a lot of work pro bono and helping me. And um, but there is a Gibson Go which we've been so blessed with uh, raising funds. Uh, we're not quite there yet. And the bar is lower than what's, um, what we know we're really gonna have to do. I think it's, we put our goal at like three fifty, but it's probably going to cost closer to half a million or more. Um, but if anyone can donate greatly appreciated, um, if you can't donate, um, would definitely ask that you please do one of the prayer things on there or just leave a kind note. My mother told me that, uh, when I was locked up down there that, um, they were constantly looking at it and scrolling through. comments and it kept them going and encouraged so please do that and also for um kathy latham she's a former teacher like my wife and they do not get paid what they're supposed to and um she is very very low on her gifts and go as well so um if i I would also i would actually probably ask please if you can donate to kathy donate to her um before you donate to me is there a website people can Mm -hmm. go to that you know yeah it's uh it's on gifts and go i can't remember the actual handle and everything if you go on my twitter page it's hw underscore floyd um i posted both mine and kathy's um on on there so you'll be able to get to them directly but she is like hers is way, way down there. I think she's only been able to raise like 18,000 right now. And her goal is at like 200 for the lawyers that are working for her. So, um, I've been blessed and we're doing pretty well. Uh, but if you can give to her and the others, please do. Um, If you want to give to me, I'd be greatly appreciated. But God has got me. I know he's moving through this. I've seen him through every step of the way. I have had zero fear when I stepped in that cell and I will have zero fear moving forward. So, um, yeah. So in order, I just want to make sure that our audience
0: gets this. It's H and then W, which is uh, what is that's uh, Williams. That's your middle name. One of your middle names.
1: So in my family are two first, we have two first names. Uh, so uh, my first name is Harrison William.
0: Harrison William, okay, and then underscore Floyd, correct? Yes, yes, sir. All right, I just want to make sure that, that they got that because we want we want people to be able to uh, donate if they so choose. Um, because a lot of the people who are indicted don't have the financial means uh, to pay, and you're going against a huge uh, apparatus of the state, and they are. Uh, They have unlimited funds. So uh, we know that we're going to break them by the grace of God. That's right. We're going to get it right. That's it. Well, listen, uh, thank you so much for coming on our show. Uh, We appreciate it very much. I know you've got to take your daughter uh, off to school, so I'll let you do that. But we'll um, uh, have you back. I hope you'll come back.
1: Absolutely. Anytime, Colonel. Always happy to sit down, and speak with a fellow veteran and patriot. And thank you, sir, for everything that you're doing with making sure that there's a way for people to get the truth and uh, for providing a platform uh, for folks like myself to be able to heard, uh, to be heard.
0: That's uh, so what we tell everybody. Listen, if they want to watch this video, uh, they can go to, uh, for those who are listening on the radio, they can go to Fort Truth com. We say that's where lives come to die. And uh, and we try to make sure that everybody gets the truth. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Hey, you have a great day. Give this a video a thumbs up. If you will, like and subscribe to our channel. Very important for us to spread this message to everybody. And I can't do it without your help. This is the Colonel Truth. And I'm Colonel Conrad Reynolds. And thank you for joining us.